Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. I am your host, Chris Mitchell, and this is the Real Estate For You podcast brought to you by SellingNTX.com. Diane Hurt with HFX Foundation Solutions to stop by to talk about foundation and foundation repair. Welcome to the show, Diane. It's great to have you. Oh, great to be here, Chris. Well, thank you for stopping by. I've worked with you since 2016, and you've looked at, oh, I don't know, countless foundations, and you've even repaired a few for me. What I was impressed with was your knowledge of foundations, foundation repair, drainage, and really everything that goes into a foundation. So I figured there's no one better to have on the show but uh, you. Awesome. Thank you. Tell me, how did you get into the foundation industry? Well, I started in foundation repair business only about five years ago with a local company. But prior to that, I was a project manager for a commercial foundation construction company. Mm -hmm. So a lot of my knowledge on how foundations are engineered and fabricated and built actually comes from that experience, which makes figuring out how to fix one a lot easier. And you were with a different company. and Now you've started your own company, the uh, HFX Foundation Solutions. How did that come about? Um, well, that was really just a fluke. You know, I'm almost 50. I wasn't looking to start a new business, but it kind of just came that time, you know, where I needed to do something that I could believe in. And so my passion really lies with helping people improve their homes and seeing the payoff from that as far as happy customers. Well, let's talk a little bit about foundation. So, in North Texas, what typical foundations do we have in, in the area? Well, what you're going to find here mostly is a pier and beam foundation or a slab foundation. Occasionally, we'll find some houses with some basements in them, which those are always exciting here in North Texas because we don't see them every day. Right. But your standard pier and beam, I always tell everybody, give it the stomp test. So if you walk in a house and it sounds a little hollow underneath and you stomp on the floor and you hear that echo, that's usually your pier and beam foundation. Okay. What's the difference between a, say, a slab foundation and a pier and beam foundation? Well, pier and beam is actually vacant underneath. The foundation's engineered around the outside edges to support the walls and the roof of the home. Mm -hmm. And then it usually has wood or sometimes iron as an understructure. And slab foundations are... Slab foundations are concrete. They're they're typically 16-inch pours. Mm -hmm. You'll have 12-inch to anywhere from 12 to 16-inch of a grade beam, and then about 6 inches of concrete. Okay. Are there, uh, I guess, benefits to having a pyramid beam versus a slab or vice versa? I think that's everybody's individual pick. I am partial to pyramid beams for a couple of reasons. Pyramid beams are one of those things that you can go in and as your family grows, you can add on to it without having to worry about additional concrete taking up your, your yard space. Okay. Yeah. Because the crawl space makes it easier to... Much better. Are there any negatives to pier and beam versus a slab foundation? Well, I didn't get through all my positives, so I'll tell you a couple more. One of them is that plumbing's really easy to fix in, uh-huh. in a pier and beam foundation, which is not easy to do in a slab. 
Um, in a slab, they actually would have to tunnel under the solid concrete in order to make plumbing repairs or break through the concrete, which kind of takes away from the structural integrity of the house. That sounds expensive. Yeah, that's very expensive. And that is the other thing about pyramid beams is they are a lot more reasonable to do that kind of work in. So you mentioned plumbing work. Is there situations where I guess that happens where the plumbing breaks below, say, a slab uh, foundation? Yeah, you know, really, uh, water is what will move a foundation more than anything else. Now, whether it's excess water from the flash floods we get here or even a plumbing break. And a lot of times when I talk to people about the plumbing issues that can happen with a slab foundation, they'll be like, well, no, I don't think so because there's no, my water bill hadn't gone up. And, and some of the things you need to know is that sewer lines which don't contribute to the expense of your water bill is usually where your issues come in. You know, in the PVC area, a coupling can come undone and start a leak that can just wreak havoc on your foundation. It's leaking that used water below the foundation versus the fresh. And undetected for, for up to years. Wow. So talk a little bit more about excess water and how that impacts foundation. So you talked about plumbing leaks under the slab. Right. You mentioned flash flood. Is that another cause of, I guess, water causing issues with foundation? Absolutely. I mean, here in Texas, well, here in this part of Texas, you know, we don't get um, just a nice general rain. You know, when we have uh, storms come in, they're thunderstorms and they're going to dump three or four inches of water on us in a very short amount of time. And all of that will cause erosion to happen quickly next to your foundation. So, you know, you might walk out and see the rough edges of your foundation are exposed around the edges of your house, and that's usually indicating that you have excess water flowing. Is that indicative of a, of a foundation issue, or is that more of a cause of... Not always. Usually, the cheapest way to protect your foundation is with gutters. And if you notice, a lot of the new homes built here in Texas, they'll give you a little gutter over the porch. Right. And that's it. You know, I can't stress enough how important it is to protect your home with directing the water flow off your roof. Okay, that makes sense. So as far as repair costs, are they different on pier and beam versus slab? And if so, how how are they different? They are different on... They're different for every job, though. You know, I've done pyramid beams that only needed a little bit of work up to pyramid beams that needed to be rebuilt from the ground up. Oh, wow. So, I mean, it can be quite the fluctuation per job, not necessarily different foundation types. But I will tell you, with pyramid beam foundation, you need to plan for maintenance. If you're a consumer who's going to buy a pyramid beam home, I suggest you plan five to six hundred dollars a year that you're going to need in about five years to maintenance that pyramid beam home. You bring up a good fact there. I wasn't aware of that when I bought my first home, and you came out and kind of showed me where those issues arose. And that was, I think, I bought my first home. 15 years ago. So I'm a little bit behind them on maintenance. (laughs) Yeah, it's very important that that homeowners know just because we buy that house, it doesn't mean that it has everything it needs forever. We really have to maintain the watering systems. If you have a sprinkler system, use it. Keep the soil here as consistent as possible. And if consistent for your area is wet, then keep it wet. And if consistent for your area is dry, keep it dry. You talked a a little bit about the soil and, and water erosion outside of the home. Are there any factors 
inside the home that homeowners should pay attention to whenever it comes to understanding their foundation or or noticing any type of issues starting with their foundation? Well, when we were talking about the plumbing leaks earlier, those usually show with like a bowl effect. Uh, The inside of your home will start to seem like it has a little bit of a dip to it, or it can have a heave where the water's gotten under the middle of the home and actually risen from the outside. The water has a lot of power in it, huh? It does. And and the big thing is, is that most of that goes undetected because it's like our kids. We watch them grow up every day and then we realize one day how big they've gotten. And it's kind of like that with our homes too. You know, we see them every day and we think, oh, I need to look at that or I need to address that. And we put it on the back burner until it's such a glaring thing that we can't ignore it. Is there anything homeowners can do to prevent foundation movements, either from water heaving the foundation up or settling within the the foundation itself? I would love to say there's like one easy fix for foundation movement, Mm -hmm. but gutters, I I can't stress gutters enough, your drainage, making sure that water's not standing around your home. So if you have those leaky faucets outside, fix them. Just simple maintenance stuff. Foundation movement here in North Texas is a fact. It's going to happen. Something like 80% of the homes uh, here in North Texas over their lifetime will need foundation repair. Wow, 80%. That's that's huge. It's a big number. It's a big number. And I don't know about all companies, but our company has a lifetime transferable warranty. Okay. So once you have that foundation fixed, we're going to be there to make sure that you know we can come back if you have any additional issues, uh, address any concerns that you have, all of those things. I've shown a lot of new builds around the area and of course in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, we have a lot of new builders coming in and and building or opening up new neighborhoods. What I've noticed is when they're laying the forms for the foundation that there looks like there's maybe some I don't know if it's metal or what it is it's strung across the forms what is that exactly i'm guessing that's a foundation uh, tool or, or process it is instead of rebar they use a post tension cable mm-hmm. foundation and that is one of your better choices here in north texas if you're going to go with the slab foundation mm-hmm. the problem with it is there's not many people here in north texas who know how to adjust them oh. so um you still have to maintain your watering. It gives you a little more flexibility. It's a little larger than rebar. That and, you know, they talk about builder spears a lot. Right. I'm a little leery of those here in Texas because we build, we bring in fill dirt a lot. And when you start doing that, you're changing the integrity of the land. So those spears under those situations may or may not hold. So you're, you're saying that the post-tension cables need to be adjusted as, as well? Yeah, I, that's one way that you can do it. Just make sure that you're, you're using a professional concrete crew that knows exactly what they're doing so okay. that all of that gets tensioned correctly whenever, whenever they pour the foundation. Nice. Now, one thing I've noticed quite a bit, especially in, in this area, and when I'm showing buyers, they actually probably notice more than I do. But on the corners of homes, you see that kind of that little piece of concrete that's maybe fallen off. 
what is that? What causes it? And, and is that a concern that, that we should be paying attention to? So that is called what we call a corner pop in the industry. It's basically, it's where the rebar or even your post-tension cables cross, and they don't quite get that last six inches of the concrete. Mm-hmm. I would think over the years they would have figured out a way to uh, stop that from happening, but it, it continues to occur. It's evidence that your home is moving. It is not, however, an indicator of foundation failure. Okay, I'm glad you said that because a lot of my buyers see that and they they run the other way. So yeah. that's, that's good to know. So when you go out and look at a foundation for, say, inspection purposes, what are you looking at with the foundation? Uh, what are some key indicators that maybe you have an issue with the foundation? And how is that, I guess, identified? So when I go out and do an evaluation of a foundation, I start with some of the key things I'm looking for are not necessarily a crack in in the sheetrock or movement of a door. What I'm looking for is indicators that show me that that foundation has changed since its original pour. I don't know about you, but my house has a door that always sticks in the summertime, right? I mean, every summer it sticks. Every winter it works fine. Every summer it sticks. Those are normal. That's normal movement. When we start getting into abnormal movement, you're going to see things like stair-step brick cracks that actually have separation, not just a simple crack, but actually have about a quarter inch of separation. Your window trim is separating from your brick or your veneer about a quarter inch or more. Even the trim boards around the house on the corners, they'll have anywhere from a quarter to an inch of kick out when you start actually seeing foundation problems. I've seen a couple of houses and and unfortunately, I mean, it's a blatant issue. You know, you'd walk up and you see a stair-stepping cracks through the brick or even cracks straight down the brick right. cracks straight down the brick is that also could that be a foundation issue or it could be a foundation issue i have to look at the design of each house because the architecture also plays a role mm-hmm. in how much cosmetic stress you get okay you see those houses that have like the bricks that hang out over the edge of the foundation right you'll almost always find a crack behind those okay and just... and the truth is it's just outside of the weight bearing angle of the foundation that makes sense So, Diane, you're the senior project engineer at HFX Foundation Solutions. That is the title they gave me. That's a fancy title. (laughs) That is a fancy title. What areas do you guys work? So, we go as far south as Stephenville. Uh As far west as Weatherford and Ranger. Uh We do Decatur and Denton. Okay. Frisco, McKinney. This week, we're going to Canton. Oh, wow. You guys are all over the place. We are all over the place. Down to Ennis, Waxahachie, Hillsboro. All of those areas. Okay, good. Now, you've probably seen a ton of foundations in your career. Has there ever been a foundation that you couldn't repair? There has been foundations that maybe I could have repaired, but the risk wasn't worth the payoff, if that makes any sense. What do they have to do in that situation? Um, so I'll, I'll give you a story. Okay. Uh, I went out to this house. It was out in the country, a rural house, and... Probably the house was built in the early 1920s. It was a pier and beam. So I got up under the house, and once I got past letting the skunk out of the crawl space, um, I started to notice all the wood rot. Uh So in cases like that where the framing of the walls is actually affected by 
insects or pests, termites, things like that. We we don't want to put any pressure under that house that's going to break it going up. Oh, I got it. So when we look at foundation repair, we look at it from an overall standpoint of how to help the home. Mm-hmm. And if we can't make the home better, then there's no reason to do a repair. Right. Did that guy have to, what did he, what did he have to rebuild his subfloor and all that? Well, actually, I think he decided to take it apart completely. Wow. Um, And so he probably made enough to do his new foundation Uh off of selling the old vintage materials out of the house. Oh, nice. Um, So that worked out well for him. And he never would have thought about that, you know, without some planning. Yeah. And so that always helps. And when you call on someone who's in the industry, you get ideas that you never would have thought of. So is there any advice that you have for people who maybe own a home and are considering having somebody out to look at their property, their foundation specifically, is there any advice that you can give those folks as far as what to look for when hiring a foundation uh, repair company? Well, you know, my first advice is going to be call me. Oh, of course. Um, But always look for someone who's been in business for a while. Check out their website. Check out their BBB rating. Uh, check out if they're on some Angie's List and Home Advisor stuff. They do pretty thorough background screenings for us to be on those things. It takes some time and some dedication. It's not just your fly-by-night guys that are going to do that. Always trust your real estate agent. They usually have connections in that field. So even if you just know an agent, mm-hmm. ask them who they use. And my my final suggestion would be that you get no more than three bids, mm-hmm. but a minimum of two bids. Okay. Do the bids vary quite a bit? They will vary quite a bit. And I've had people say, well, I'm going to get five bids. And then they'll call me back and they'll be like, um, I have five different opinions. Like foundation repair is an opinion-based repair plan. Our engineers back up all of, all of our repair plans. Everyone has gone through an outside engineer before it signed off on. So I'm comfortable with those. So my suggestion would be call me. Well, that about wraps it up for us today. Diane, before we go, I wanted to uh, ask you, is there any contact information you'd like to give uh, to our listeners? Absolutely. Uh, HFX Foundation Solutions. We're located at 1551 West Berry, uh, right over in the TCU area in the Fort Worth Real Estate Center. My phone number is 817-770-770. 0174. And if you have a question and want to talk to me directly, just call me on my cell, 817-933-7420. Check us out, www.hfxfoundation.com. Excellent. Well, I wanted to thank Diane for joining us. If you like the show and you want to hear more, search for the Real Estate Podcast for you wherever you listen to your podcasts. Be sure to subscribe, share, and leave a comment to let us know how we're doing. You can also find us by visiting sellingntx.com slash podcast or by Googling Selling NTX. And until next time, make it a great day.